Hey guys, this is Everything Missing or Murdered Podcast. My name is Andrea. I hope everyone's having a great day today. It's beautiful where I'm at. Um, I'm a little sick again still. I sound worse than last week even, <laughs> so I apologize. Um, probably losing my voice too. Uh, so this episode is going to have two cases because... Uh, like I said, every case I find, there isn't like a huge amount of information, especially the first case I'm going to be talking about. It's just a very strange case, um, and it's important to still talk about it. I know a lot of people like like an hour-long podcast, and I just cannot make mine an hour long, so I apologize. Maybe it's because most of those podcasts have more than one person talking. I'm not sure. And the banter. Um, I don't have banter. <laughs> I mean, I'll make comments about stuff, but I'm not I'm just one person, so I can't really banter with anyone. Um, but I'm working really hard, so I hope I hope uh, people are enjoying this and getting the information that that deserves to be talked about. Um, in the next few weeks, I'm I mentioned before I'm going to be talking about um, some unsolved murder cases, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, I hope it all comes out correctly and people get the information they need and. Um, they're just as important to me as missing persons. So that's all the news I have today. <coughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to cough in the microphone. I, I try to pull it away. Um, so let's just get into the cases today. On March 31st, 2010, in Traverse City, Michigan, Jacob Cavanaugh, dropped a friend off near the volleyball courts at the open space, which is a beachside park after they played frisbee golf around 7.30 p.m. His friend invited him to go out to some bars, but Jacob said no, saying he needed to go home and study for his class. He was driving a silver 2002 Chevrolet Malibu. It has some small damage on the front passenger side. Jacob never made it home in Grand, Michigan. At 1 a.m. on April 1st, he called an automated system to confirm he was still taking community college classes. At 2 a.m., he used his bank card um, to buy some gas in Matawan, Michigan. I wonder why he would call to confirm if he had classes still or to confirm if he is still enrolled. That is, that is pretty strange, um, especially since he said he was going to go leave to study for class. Uh, and after midnight on April 2nd, a police officer in Hollister, Missouri, ran Jacob Cavanaugh's license plate. A deputy with the Washington County Sheriff's Department in Arkansas ran the plate three hours later and saw that Jacob was asleep in his car, which was parked at the Brentwood Rest area off of US-71 in West Fork. Nobody is doing way out there. I mean, he was supposed to be going home, so why would he drive all the way out there? Strange to me as well. Later that same day, Jacob's debit cart was used to buy gas in Sweetwater, Texas, and his image was captured on a security camera. Sweetwater, Texas is over a thousand miles from his house in Michigan. There has been no trace of Jacob since, and his car has gone along with him. Jacob's brother is stationed at Fort Hood in Texas, but that is his only known connection to the state. He had insufficient funds in his bank account to pay for his gas, but the transactions went through because he had overdraft coverage. His debit card has never been used since. He has not used his cell phone, and he left his phone charger at home. Why would you take a trip without your phone charger? I mean, maybe he just... <coughs> Sorry. 
sorry, again, maybe he just wanted to leave and not be in contact with anyone. I mean, that's that's pretty possible. Because Jacob bought gas in Texas, the police thought maybe he walked out of his life to travel to Texas or Mexico, but Jacob's family does not think he would just leave and not come back. Jacob Cabanon has a technical, he was a technical science student at Northwestern Michigan College and a member of the National Guard. He had a job at Dave's Garage, which he seemed to love, and he owned $20,000 worth of tools. His family said he does not use drugs, and it is not like him to just leave like that, which makes you wonder, because he was without funds, so where could he have gone without funds, and why? The police think he left on his own, but his family is afraid for his safety. Jacob is the seventh of ten kids in his family, and he has two sons by his ex-wife. The case is still unsolved. I am curious about something. Why did two different state police officers zone in on him and check his plates? Seems really bizarre because is that like normal to do? I drove from Minnesota to uh, New Jersey with my husband and that's a lot of like it took a couple days to get here and I'm just curious if that's, like, normal, if it's an out-of-state plate. Do they just normally check to see what's going on or what? And why two of them did? It just seems... I mean, do all police do that? I don't, I don't know. I know nothing about this, so I'm curious about that. If anyone knows, please let, please let me know. Jacob was helping a friend replace brakes on a car that he had had, but he only completed the front brakes and promise to help the back ones later. So why promise something like that and just leave? Why does someone who seems to have good things going for him and, a, and seems to be a stand-up guy just up and leave and go to Texas? And with not a lot of money either. It just seems, see what I mean? It just seems really odd. Um, I looked up how far Traverse City is because that's where he was last seen in Michigan to Sweetwater, Texas, and it's over a 20-hour drive. If he was heading to Fort Hood where his brother was stationed, it's kind of in the other direction of Sweetwater, so I do not think he would have went there, but then again, I don't really get why he took this trip. Like, what happened to him? What could have happened to him? Maybe he just wanted to up and leave, and I, I completely understand that if he wanted to up and leave and and take a break, but it just doesn't seem like that was characteristic of him to do, to drive out there. I mean, it was him in the car, and I couldn't find any, um, any newspaper clippings or any news anywhere that said if the cops that that looked at his license plate if they saw another person in the car with him because the image that was taken of him at the gas station it was just him so I don't know if um if they if he was with anybody else it's just so strange and, and heartbreaking uh, there is a Facebook page for him called Find Jacob Cavanaugh. It's pretty active, but no news on the case as of today. His car has never been found, and the police do not know of anything where he could have gone or what happened to him. I honestly have never heard of this case before, and it, and it breaks my heart because I think this, this case, his way of leaving, is just as strange as Bryce Les Pisa. 
and Bryceless Pieces case is very strange. I know a lot of people do not think that, uh, I'm not going to get into Bryceless Pieces case because there's so much information out there for him. Um, it, it is pretty important to find him too or figure out what happened to him, but you know, people think his case is not, I mean, it's not a mystery because obviously there, he had a mental break and, and, um, and he went off somewhere and, and it probably died from the elements or a car accident or whatever, but he wasn't found in the car. So I have no idea. Um, but even if Bryce and, uh, let's say that Jacob Kavanaugh had like a mental break for whatever reason, um, they still need to be found. There is a mystery to me. Bring Jacob Kavanaugh home. If you have any information at all about this case, please call the Grand Traverse County Sheriff's Office at 231-995-5000. I know someone out there knows something. They have to. And hopefully someday we can figure out what happened to him. Jacob Kavanaugh was 31 years old at the time of his disappearance. He was last seen wearing his work uniform, which consists of dark black, well, dark pants, a light colored t-shirt, a gray t a, a gray jacket with the Dave's garage printed on it, and brown work boots. Jacob Kavanaugh is a Native American male with brown hair and brown eyes. He is of Ottawa and Chippewa Indian descent. So I hope that, uh, I really hope he's found all right let's just get into the next one um yeah unfortunately that's where the case stands today and and there's not a whole lot of information about it and it's unfortunate and this one um in terms of where they are there's not a whole lot of information either that i could find so it's it's just really unfortunate and sad that it has to be like this John and Elizabeth, or Liz Calvert, lived part-time on their 40-foot yacht called the Yellow Jacket, and it was docked in the Harbortown Marina. They owned a house in the Brookhaven neighborhood of Atlanta, Georgia, as well. Liz worked as an attorney with the Hunter McLean Law Firm in Savannah, Georgia. She specialized in employee benefits and executive compensation. She had been with them for about a year and worked previously for the United Parcel Service, or UPS. John owned four Hilton Head businesses that included one that operated the marina and one that owned 125 rental properties and two boating companies. Hilton Head Island is located in South Carolina. Both Liz and John were well-liked members of the community. They were in close contact with their family and friends, and both of them kept normal routines. It is not likely for them to just up and disappear. They were last seen on March 3, 2008. Liz and John Calvert were reported missing on March 4th after they missed business appointments. Their cell phones and PDAs were turned off, and apparently they would not just turn off their devices. Before going missing, Liz and John had places had placed, sorry, I can't talk, their pet dog in an Atlanta kennel. Their pet cat was found on the yacht. So maybe they were planning on traveling or something. I mean, why else would you put your dog in a kennel? Let's, that makes sense. Liz received her pilot's license in 2006 
and owns a small single-engine plane which was found to not be touched at the island's airport. So they did not take off in a plane or their yacht. Days after they disappeared, a dive team searched the marina, but they could not find anything of interest. The police could not at first find one of their three cars, a silver 2006 Mercedes E320. It was found in the parking lot of the Marriott Hotel in the Palmetto Dunes Resort, a gated community six miles from the Harbor Town Marina. There were no clues found as to where they could or could have gone or what happened to them. Liz and John did not own or lease any property at the resort, so it is strange that their car would be there. Dennis Gerwing was the last person known to have seen Liz and John Calvert. Dennis is a certified public accountant or CPA. He was the chief financial officer of the club group, a realty group that manages property on Hilton Head Island. John had hired the group to do administrative accounting and other services for his commercial properties. I'm so sorry. In December 2007, John wanted to end their business relationship with the club group, and Dennis was leading the transfer for, of services. Dennis refused to cooperate with the police. Days after John and Liz went missing, police executed search warrants on his house, office, and two of his vehicles. On March 11th, Dennis Gerwing's lawyer found his body and two suicide notes locked in the bathroom of his condominium. He had lined his bathtub with a comforter and pillows and then slashed his inner thigh, his neck, and left forearm with a steak knife. The time of death was around 4 a.m. on March 10th, hours before he was publicly named a person of interest in John and Liz Calvert's disappearances. The police said the notes are not legible and rambling. He didn't seem pretty lucid, I guess. In the notes, Dennis admits to stealing money from Liz and John's businesses, but did not say if he was involved in them being missing. Liz and John had wanted to confront them about the missing money at the March 3rd meeting. One of their friends said he thinks they probably would not have pressed charges, but permitted Dennis, who was wealthy, to repay the money he had taken. Wait, he is a well-off guy and stole money from them? And why take his own life? Because he felt guilty of stealing their money? I mean, if they were going to confront him, that's suspicious to me. Money is such a horrible thing to deal with, I swear. After Dennis died, the club group was audited and they found that Dennis had embezzled $2.1 million from Liz and John's company and seven other companies depositing the money in a secret account. I mean, did he not think that he would not be discovered? That is a lot of money to take from people, and and it doesn't even mention exactly how much money he took from seven other companies. It makes you wonder, like, I guess his group didn't know about it, but were they stealing money too, or was it just him? Oh, it's just crazy. Dennis Gerwing bought latex gloves and three large heavyweight drop cloths after his meeting with Liz and John. When the police searched his home, they found a, hit, a holster for his 22 caliber Beretta pistol, but not the gun. 
The police consider him a prime suspect in their disappearances. They think John and Liz's bodies are buried hundreds of miles away, maybe along a dirt road. Liz Calver is a graduate of Converse College and the University of Georgia Law School. She sat on Converse College's Board of Trustees. John Calvert graduated from Georgia Institute of Technology with a degree in mechanical engineering. The Calverts married in 1988. They did not have any children, but had a, a great marriage. Both of them were declared legally dead in November 2009. Uh, sorry again. This cold will not just stop. In an article I read, I saw that Liz met with Dennis Growing twice about missing money. I guess on February 24th and March 2nd, and he told her to come back with her husband on March 3rd when he promised to show some documents that they had requested, which is just clearly he wasn't going to prove that he didn't steal money because there was too much information about him that the police found that I'm sure Liz figured out. And the fact that she tried to get him to admit it twice before just seems like that that's just a mess I, I don't know I'm not saying he killed them but the fact that he took his own life is is pretty suspicious to me and, and then saying he admitted to taking the money but he had nothing to do like he didn't say anything about their disappearances is just strange because he had to have had to do something with it Dennis Gerwing said that the March 3rd meeting lasted for 15 minutes and ended at about 6.30 p.m. when Liz all of a sudden said that it was time for them to go to dinner. Dennis then recalled staying in his office for about 10 minutes, taking William Hilton Parkway to his Hilton Head Plantation house. The police noticed a cut on his hand that maybe looked similar to cocking a gun. Dennis said he cut his hand on a broken wine bottle before... He drove to the South End where he stopped at a drugstore to buy Band-Aids. Dennis then said he came back to work and stayed at the office until midnight before he went home. Is that normal procedure to stay at work that late? I, I don't know. Why would Liz all of a sudden say, oh, well, we have to go to dinner if she has known for a while that someone has been stealing their money and it has been proven to her to be true, she would not just leave. That is so fishy to me. Friends of Liz and John said that they would not leave for dinner at that time, and they usually had dinner at the same restaurant all the time and paid with their credit cards, but their cards were not used, so clearly they didn't go to dinner. The police found that Dennis lied about the way he took to go back home because he was seen using his Palmetto Pass on the Cross Island Parkway toll. I mean, why do people lie? Just tell the truth. You didn't go there. You didn't go there. You know what I mean? I, I don't understand. That's always going to irk me about, about these cases, like the lying about things. The police checked the drugstore story and found that he came back there a little later, which he did not mention, buying the latex gloves. The police also noticed in the car he was driving that the third row seat was missing. He tried to explain that away by saying he was moving office furniture, but his colleagues said that that was not true. 
They also found, besides the gloves and the drop cloths, that Dennis had a bunny shovel and muddy shoes in his house. They also found that he took his car to get it cleaned the following day. It's unfortunate that he never confessed to what happened, and I hope that we someday know where the Calverts are so they can be brought home with their family and friends. Like I've said before, money is just horrible and, and not worth all of this. Like, it really isn't. Um, it d- Just fess up to what you're doing. I don't know why somebody that's so wealthy would steal money from people. Maybe that's how he got wealthy, I'm not sure. But it just doesn't make sense to take money and then hurt the people that are confronting you because it's a crime and I I wouldn't want somebody stealing money from me either. <coughs> Sorry. Oh. That's everything I have for you guys. Um, if anyone has any tips for anything on John and Lil's Calvert, please call the Beaufort County Sheriff's Office at 843 843- Five two four two seven seven seven. Elizabeth Calvert was 45 years old at the time of her disappearance. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She went by the name Liz. John Calvert was 47 years old at the time of his disappearance. He has gray hair and blue eyes. And this one just kills me because it, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. Um, not that anyone ever does anything wrong when they're taken or or whatever i just i don't i want to know i kind of know the why but where and i mean i kind of know the why money is not worth somebody's life in my opinion um so especially since he seemed to have a pretty good amount of money anyway um but we just need to know where they are and they and they deserve they didn't really get justice, but they deserve to be found, and and uh, I hope they do. So, yeah, that's everything I have for you guys. I'm so sorry it's not super long, and I'm sorry about my cold. I'm, I just wanted to get it out there because it's already a day late, um, and I don't know. My colds last forever. I have medicine. I take medicine. I don't know specific times when it says on the box, so hopefully it'll go away soon. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next time.